0: time ago in a galaxy far, far away, a whole lot of stories were told. Seriously, it's hard to keep track of everything in the Star Wars universe. Through films, comic books, TV shows, novels, and much, much more, sorting out what is legend, what is canon, and which stories are told from a certain point of view can be a bit tough. We're here to help you sort through that mess and to stay up to date with what's going on in the galaxy. So sit tight, strap in, grab your favorite co-pilot if you want to and get ready to make the jump to light speed. Ladies, gentlemen, Wookiees of all ages, these are the Holocron Chronicles. Welcome to the Holocron Chronicles. This is episode 7. I'm Mark, a.k.a. TheKnerdian, and I'm joined, as always, by the best co-pilot in all the galaxy, Charlie Cardin. Charlie, how you doing tonight?
1: Co-pilot, right? This <laughs> is <it's> pathetic. No, <laughs> oh, man, I'm right. I'm I'm, I'm chilling. It's uh, We're in the month of March, which ostensibly means that weather will be improving here in Michigan, but, you know, uh, we'll see. It's, uh, from a certain point of view... Uh, it's good weather for somebody.
0: There there we go. You know, yeah, you can look on the bright side of life and, uh, and, and hope, you know, something's going to turn around. But yeah, once we hit March, I find I'm, I'm just uh, like, okay, come on, springtime. Let's go. Let's, let's do this enough of the snow and enough of the cold weather. Uh, you know, I'm ready to move on, but, uh, you may have heard another voice. We are joined by a very special guest. I'm super excited about this one, uh, so without any further ado, we have a very special guest, uh, Akiro. How are you doing tonight? I'm
2: doing good. Thank you guys for having me. I'm really excited. I've it, been looking forward dude. to this for like a month.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've I reached out, uh, yeah, probably about a month ago. And it, it, we were saying before we started recording, it's it's tough with the biweekly shows and especially how Charlie and I do it, where one of those shows is is a monthly recap of the canon which is uh, a bit of a, a drier topic and and not always conductive to having a guest on the show uh, yeah, yeah. so it's kind of like once a month we get to have this kind of an episode that's a little bit special and we can have a guest and have a little bit more fun with whatever kind of topic so i had seen some of your videos on youtube but i'll let you introduce yourself uh, so two things one You know, who are you? Uh, What what do you do? And, you know, the kind of videos that I was talking about, maybe describe a bit of what you do there on YouTube. And also uh, for the Seeker friends, we always do. What's your geek origin? If you want (laughs) to throw some Star Wars in there, that's cool. If not, tell everyone what your geek origin is and uh, and what you do.
2: Okay, my name is Okiro, I have a YouTube channel, It's well, just Okiro, and what I do there is mostly talk about Star Wars, and these days I've mostly just been talking about the sequel trilogy, some things I like, some things that I didn't like, sometimes breaking down some behind-the-scenes information that was available to the public on how things went, basically kind of doing like my own, I guess, ghetto YouTube VH1 channel, Why I have the free time.
1: <laughs> 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 <I> like
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, my geek origin, okay, I was indoctrinated really young. Like, I was a youngling getting picked up off the street, basically, <laughs> when it came to Star Wars.
1: Oh, boy. Jedi my, style.
2: <laughs> yeah, my dad sat me down, I think, when I was three years old. And I, I think he had Whoa. two choices to either, like, toss me out the window or find a way to give me a shut up. And he put on, <laughs> And he put on A New Hope, and it was... Oh, man, it, it it was wizard from there. I spent I, the next my whole entire life just like obsessed with Star Wars because it's been like a family thing. My parents had their first date seeing like the first Star Wars movie in the seventies.
0: Whoa! Wow, that's
2: so heavy. which yeah. So it's just been like a generational thing, like passing it on, passing it on. I've passed it on to my nieces, and when I eventually curse this world with my children, I'll pass it <laughs> up to them
0: as well. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I like it. I like it. And, you know, like, yeah, I can't really say too much different because uh, I have a couple of nephews that you know, wanted they were supposed to go to start or uh, or Disney World this year and both of them were very excited to build either droids and or lightsabers. Oh that's so, so cool. uh yeah they they you know the trip got canceled because of you know the world but uh hopefully <laughs> hopefully the soon they'll be able to do that. <laughs> and oh, uh <laughs> but uh you know I named my son Finn so he's you know instantly day one uh ready to go for uh, Star Wars indoctrination. Okay. So uh awesome to hear uh, a great geek origin uh how did you get into the whole youtube thing like what where uh, where did that you know what were you just sitting down one day and said you know what this needs to be a video i need to get my thoughts out there you know how did that all start for you
2: actually it was it's actually pretty simple i was actually talking to uh, my sister we have these uh weekly conversations about star wars and uh basically she said hey how about you shut up and actually start a youtube channel that she just told me shut up and start a youtube channel (laughs) and that was actually it because she got tired of just hearing me repeat it and she says you know what put it on a youtube channel so when i don't want to listen to you i can just put on the video and
0: mute it (laughs) that's amazing that's uh yeah so it starts there i mean i
2: actually first started just doing like little tributes and edits you know to music with the footage because i I work in film outside of running a YouTube channel, very, very indie level. But um, so I, I'm used to editing. So I like Star Wars. I'm like, let me just put together these little fun edits. And then I'm like, huh, let me actually just say my thoughts on Star Wars because I'd be getting all these comments of people asking me what I thought. So I'm like, oh, let's go from there.
0: Very cool. Very, uh, very similar. Origin to how I got started in podcasting, my brother and I used to talk about Nintendo every single week, like once a week, we'd get together uh, Sunday, either, you know, family dinners or whatever. And uh, we just shoot the shit about Nintendo for like a half hour to an hour. And okay, was I like finally, it, like, That's you know, nice. every <laughs> And everyone just kind of said like, would you like, can you guys just go somewhere and talk about this stuff? And then we kind of just from there, it's just kind of like, well, you know, if we're just going to like lock ourselves in a room and, and talk, we might as well record the conversation. So that was uh, that's oh. how I got into all this. So awesome, uh, awesome, similar origins. Uh, so let's before we get into the special main topic of the show, Charlie, you have a little bit uh, of flash news for us. You want to you want to tell did us what some... you're doing?
1: Honest to God, media consumption, you know, I uh, I, I do, I, I have kind of taken to audiobooks because, uh, man, I, I even do a bad job keeping up with my comics these days, so reading a real book is just off the table. Uh, <laughs> so I have, in the last couple of years, taken to doing audiobooks. And three years ago, uh, for the 40th anniversary of A New Hope, Uh, There was an anthology series uh, published in canon, so this really touches upon what we do here in this show, uh, about A New Hope. And it was little vignettes about stories that happen at the periphery outside of and contemporaneous with the main story going on. So there was a story about how, you know, when the Tantive IV was escaping at the end of Rogue One, that their hyperdrive broke down after one hour. And that, that detail was dropped. And and stories around that, and I had that from library. I read it. I got maybe a you know a quarter of the way through it, and I I set it aside. And it was a library book, and I had to return it. It never came back again. So at any rate, three years go by. They're they're publishing the same exact kind of product for the Empire Strikes Back, which is of course. Uh, my favorite Star Wars movie, also the first movie, <laughs> first movie I ever saw in cinemas when I was four years old. So I snagged in on audiobooks because I have Audible, and I started listening to this thing two, three days ago. And it's it's funny, it's it's a lot more, I would say, irreverent because they're following. They do follow the story along with these short stories, and of course they're narrated. One of them was even narrated by uh, noted uh, Star Wars voice actor Sam Witwer, which I thought was oh, great ooh, because cool. yeah, that was that was kind of a sneak that they got in there. But no, they had they had several stories told from the point of view of the Tauntauns. That, yes. Han, that Han and Luke read, and they they were they were a mother and a daughter, and they, it was just a, very much from their perspective. Another uh, one was a what? Another one was a lowly uh, bass technician uh, from uh, from uh, Echo Base, and kind of his travails. And the one I was listening to right before we started recording here was the thoughts of Admiral Piet as he is being choked to death by uh. Luminator. Holy oh. shit, that was fascinating. Now Dude, I have a question. I was on. just about to say that really <laughs> <to> the <death. laughs> Yeah. Was he like was he like, Oh, is 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 your grandmother choking me? Because it feels like your grandmother choking me. Oh my god. Are you okay. trying to throw me or kill me? <laughs> oh my god. That's all right, that's and with that, I'm done. But I would recommend it. It's a very interesting take, and again, in the spirit of kind of what we do here everything contained within there is canonical. So it really did happen within the greater picture. And I know I mentioned this to Mark uh, in an earlier segment talking about the first volume of this related to a new hope that did give us a canonical touch point that B. Arthur's character from the holiday special is in fact in Canon and is the you know, a uh, day shift bartender at the most Isley cantina there. I've said it.
0: Yeah, that is wacky. Uh, but it also – that that moves me into a, another uh, good thing that we kind of skipped over in the Geek Origin. So, Okiro, what is your favorite Star Wars movie? Uh, it really flips
2: some days. I mean, some days it's Empire Strikes Back, but I love the ending of Return of the Jedi. I just – I there's something about just the completion of a story that we just don't get anymore in cinema mm-hmm. – a completion of a story where Anakin's brought back to the light Luke gets to see his father again Han and Leia are together they're happy they've moved past their egos and I'm like it feels it makes me feel good inside to see that ending so I go back and forth between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi for me nice nice
0: yeah I, yeah Charlie's Char- you're, you're pretty stuck on uh, Empire Strikes Back and for the most part uh, I'm a little bit more flexible, but I usually land on Return of the Jedi. And I uh, hear you. But again, it,
1: and, it, and it was wasn't that your first kind of was that the, wasn't that the first film you saw or it came out or or something like it was it was the first touchstone for you was it not? Uh,
0: no, no, for me, uh, my aunt sat me down and she would lend me one Star Wars movie that's right there so i i started at a new hope that was all that was uh, that was there um you know it was the the original three uh but i i got the the vhs copy for one full week and i had to watch it you know 400 times that week (laughs) (laughs) or whatever i wanted to and then she'd give me the next one so i did watch them all in order but uh the The stupid kid part of me, it was just like, Ooh, green lightsaber. And, you know, but I'm, I'm still that dumb kid inside. So, uh, you know, my lightsaber sitting next to me, it has a green crystal <laughs> inside it. And, uh, you know, I always love the green sabers, but, um, as I got older, it was that kind of like, I always love Luke, uh, showing off his skills at the start. I love that, you know, closing out of the story and, uh, you know, the same kind of reason or the same kind of, uh, yeah, reasons that that Akira uh, just kind of brought up. So, so I can see yeah. why we get along then. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, this is. Uh, yeah, we're 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 starting to, to to put those pieces together for sure. Uh, <laughs> so without any further ado, though, let's let's jump into the special topic because I think we have some good stuff to talk about here, and I'm very excited. Um, Akiro, like you were saying, you you started kind of putting together these videos of actually do you want to explain kind of what you do before we get into this uh for some of the videos that i guess kind of really spearheaded this so what we're doing is is what did the sequels get right what did they get wrong and what we hope for in the future so you've you've kind of done um you know rewrites that kind of thing so rewrites
2: deep dives a couple weird things yeah (laughs) (laughs) um Uh, Yeah, what got me started in YouTube is I guess I wanted to figure out for myself personally what worked with the sequel trilogy and what didn't and I guess that went to me just breaking down a lot of information because Star Wars fans I feel sometimes have like goldfish memory. like Some things are said but then like 20 other things are said by 50 other people so everything gets convoluted. So what I did is I just made a timeline with uh, my one friend who runs a couple subreddits and we just went back and just like looked at all of the earliest like information given by Disney, by Lucasfilm, by uh, JJ, Kathy, Ryan. And we just like looked through all of it just to like make a timeline of things. And to me, if I think the biggest thing the sequels got wrong, I mean, we can argue about little things we would have liked. I think it was really just management, like mm. not to not to blame anyone. I know they had a lot of things coming off of the prequels and like. You got to deal with like that reception. You got to deal with maybe some fans want the original trilogy. Some fans want something new. So like, I feel like Disney just trying to find their footing was like the biggest nail in the coffin when it came to the management of the sequel trilogy. Like that's for why you sure. like got the most wrong.
0: Right uh, on. Uh, well, let's, let's flip that and we'll, we'll hold exactly maybe what they got wrong for a second, but let's start off on a good note, I suppose. Uh, Charlie, maybe let's start with you. What do you think the sequels got right? What did you well, like about them?
1: Well, you know, it's uh, the sequels had. There's a lot, and again, I I hate to to hasten to say that to to launch right into what's dead wrong about it, but um, the things that I really think that they did right, I do I do feel they brought a spirit of adventure. Uh, I do feel that they move this the uh, the story forward in a way that uh, stayed consistent with you know the, 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 the I would say I hate to to touch upon what Lucas says you know the the power of myth and the the mysticism of it all um I like that uh, you know I, I like you probably and in, in, it's controversial uh, to say because a lot of people are really down on the last Jedi but the thing that I I liked the most about that film is that, with the resistance knee the rebellion, they were pushed to their furthest and they just they kept losing. They they started out in a bad spot and they lost and then they lost some more and they had a plan to bring it back and and, and it, you know, Finn and Rose went off and they concocted this this big crazy scheme to make it so they could escape. And then they, they screwed that up. And so that didn't happen. And then our people tried to escape and they thought they could do it secretly. And that didn't happen. And they started getting picked off one by one. They ended up on the planet and then that still didn't work. And at the end of it, they, they get away with like, a like two dozen of them. And that's all that's left. And then Leia <laughs> says, and then Ray says, how are we going to keep the resistance going with all this? And Leia just says, we've got everything that we need because, the resistance, the rebellion, is based upon the strength, of will of people. Um, and in that final film, it was it it really it really was their strength of will that delivered a victory. Because you know they they launch into Exegol, and there's that crazy fleet of a thousand ships, and there's like. 50 of the, not even probably 50 ships on the side of the rebellion. Mm -hmm. And, uh, what they did is like, you know, obviously before they split off, they said, okay, Lando, you and a bunch of other people go zipping around and try to drum up support. And they come back with this massive fleet. And it's, (laughs) you know, it's like basically everybody who thinks that, you know, every Karen in the universe who wants to speak to the manager came to that fight. (laughs) And that's what, that's what saved the day. That's what made it possible. So it's, yeah, the little guy is a little guy, but I, I was using the same analogy uh, talking to somebody about this the other day. It's like a it's like a a band of, of uh, it's like a ball of rubber bands. The more rubber bands you put on it, the more pieces of gum you stick together in a in a in a gum ball, you get a boulder big enough to like the one in Raise of the Lost Ark. You know what I mean? So. I my thing in in Star Wars that I've always loved um, among anything, especially in in my fan fiction and my cosplay and things that I do, is I love the rebellion and I love X wings. I love pilots, and that's my jam. So <laughs> when I saw that that you know kind of that beauty shot there in the last you know half hour of uh, Rise of Skywalker, where you have this united fleet of civilians, you know, coming to strike down. Palpatine, you know, once and for all, it only took nine movies to finally <laughs> shut this guy down. But they're finally going to do it. Um, that's what I think they got right. They showed that that the little guy can triumph over adversity if they stick together, if they work together. You know, te- you know, teamwork makes a dream work. I hate to say it like that, but that, <laughs> that's kind of where I think I, I think that they got it right more than anything.
0: That uh, that's that's a great summation, Akira. Uh, what do you have to add? what did What did you think?
2: the sequels uh, got
0: right
2: you know i think they got actually a lot of things right even though i'm i'm pretty critical of, the, of them at times i think for one they got an amazing cast of actors they brought back a lot of talented old actors they brought a lot a lot of talented new actors you know we're gonna probably we're gonna see john boyega just run a golden globe adam driver's been up mm-hmm. for oscars his oscar isaac is a uh, golden globe winner and daisy's an up and coming star too we're gonna see a lot of this cast as the time goes on and eventually they all come back to Star Wars because, well, Disney's going to get you no matter what. And I think that's definitely one thing the sequels did right. They had a very strong cast. And, you know, I want to look back on... I actually like The Force Awakens a lot. It's probably that my personal... Me
1: too!
2: It's probably my personal favorite of the sequel trilogy. And I know it gets flack at times because people want to call it um a remake of A New Hope, but... The point where I feel like it's not a remake is when we get to Starkiller base. And, like, this is after Han Solo has died. And, I mean, for one, you just killed off Han Solo. You killed off, let's... Everyone loves Luke, but, like, for the longest time, Han Solo was the favorite character of the original Mm -hmm. trilogy. Mm -hmm. So you just killed off Han Solo by his own freaking son. And now you have this dark side warrior kylo ren you have this stormtrooper and you have this scavenger and they started this film all with masks on and now we're at the end of the film and they're just all maskless they're sweating they're all emotional and it feels like something we've never seen before in star wars just these three complete strangers who are just unconnected now brought together because of the force and their own choices and I think that's what I really loved about parts of the sequel trilogy, how it was defined by the choices we make. And I mm. think you feel like I think you feel like the best of that in The Force Awakens, especially when you have Kylo and Finn. Because they're only in the positions they're in because they made choices. Some right choices, some bad choices, and that's what set them on the collision course. And mm. I feel like that narrative is just pretty powerful once you actually go back and look at it. Absolutely.
0: Also, oh, yeah. I fucking I totally.
2: fucking love Babu Frick. I love Babu Frick. I, 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 <laughs> I love that little shit. I love him.
1: My wife is always a sucker for that. You know, BB-8 in the first one, and then uh, who was the little who was little cutesy pie? And oh, the uh, the porgs. I want to eat them. Uh, but don't we all? Don't they look don't they look tasty? Uh, and yes. Again, Let's not get into how Chewbacca's, you know, method of preparation because he lopped the head off of it and then just cooked the rest of it. So interesting, but 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 it, just to look at it, it looked like he did it very thoroughly. So, um,
0: <laughs> I, yeah, I uh, and, and voiced by Moaning Myrtle that always threw me off about Babu Frick. Uh, <laughs> I, if you're a fan of the, the Harry Potter movies, I, yeah,
2: I, I, I oh, didn't yeah. know that. I didn't know that. I know JJ voiced uh, Dio, which threw me for a loop.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, was it John Ralphio that voiced BB eight from Parks and Recreation? I think he did some of the voice and then Bill Hader did uh did some yeah. of the stuff for, for bb eight as well they, oh, they kind of uh, took turns why 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 isn't there no fan art of
2: Oscar Isaac hooking John Ralphio? Why is there no fan art <laughs> of that? Do, do I have to commission it myself? I will do that. <laughs> I have to
0: I cannot wait to see that. Uh and just or, or Sonic the Hedgehog having a conversation with uh with BB eight. I think that needs to happen. Um yeah for sure. Anything else uh standing out to you guys uh, that you that you really liked about the, um, the Seagulls? Uh cinematography and the art direction. I mean, a, mm. uh,
2: probably especially in The Rise of Skywalker, that that gets a lot of flack since it's the most recent Star Wars film, but they had the art director of Blade Runner 2049 on it. Mm. And oh wait, hold on. Sorry. The best thing about the sequels, I'll say the best thing that I think they got better than the prequels, and I'm I'm a sim for the prequels. I'll straight up say I will simp for that until <laughs> I die. I'm a simp for that. I really gotta say I love the sound design of the sequels. Like mm. I didn't notice this until I started editing videos, but it's got some really good sound design, like the way the force sounds, the way mm-hmm. the lights sound. It's, I think it's the best uh, franchise has been. I mean, yeah, advanced technology, but I really just do like the little sound design of it. I think that's the best part, personally, to me, like the little details of that.
0: For sure. Yeah, they, they really nailed every single bit of the atmosphere, whether it was just... And, and some of those things that... It make, makes me sad that, you know, theaters aren't really a thing right now because it's, it is the, it's that kind of experience that when you have that massive surround sound that you can hear the crisp crackle of like Kylo Ren's lightsaber or mm-hmm. just different, yeah, atmospheric things. Like you said, the force, but when you can feel the force and, yeah, I, you know, it, you get that kind of big bassy kind of thing in the theater going on that you can actually like – feel the force move kind of thing it, like yeah so such great yeah atmosphere sound design all that kind of stuff uh for me um yeah i was a big fan of the characters uh in this one i love that it was led by a female and a black male that was awesome seeing some different represent- representation and we can maybe get to how that uh, ended up i suppose but seeing the force (laughs) awakens especially um when my wife and i were watching the force awakens that's when we said like if we have a boy we're naming him finn right and it was like unanimous like yeah yeah no that's that's definitely the name um and that was like force awakens that was no other um you know i i mean i love the character of finn but like finn my my finn was named after we saw force awakens and he's only nine months old so you can do the math on how long we've been sitting on that name uh, <laughs> I'm I like it. but you know i so i love you know the the, the characterization uh, especially in the force awakens where as a as a fan of star wars you can write a fan fiction or whatever, or, or make up stories in your mind. And I was, like, you know, I've talked about it on the show, big fan of the the Jedi Academy books when I was younger, uh, which are no longer canon, but you know, focused on Luke's um, his Jedi training school. Uh, the, the Han and Leia's twins were in there. Chewbacca's nephew. There's, you know, it was, it was basically following the same families, and I did like. Uh, for the most part how ray was a nobody I, I really liked that and kind of almost wish they kind of stuck to that because i liked in in uh the yeah the, the first two i suppose like how she was nobody uh and i thought that was a great a, a great kind of different side of the coin to uh luke i am your father to you know, no, you're, you're nobody. I love the duality of that. Of like, you know, you are very special in in Empire. To n- no, you're nobody. <laughs> you know, you're you're garbage. You're trash, but you're still special. Uh, and you're, I, you're, I love that kind yeah, of stuff. Right?
1: You're special to me, boy. Talk about a pickup line gone nowhere. <laughs> you're nobody. You got no place in the story. But not to me, baby. As
0: like, a pickup line, maybe bro, not. But uh, but I, I did love the the. how it was a different side of the coin to what we saw in in empire and uh, and i still liked rise of skywalker i i I still you know i star wars to me is like pizza if it's bad pizza good pizza great pizza mediocre pizza whatever it's still pizza i'm still gonna like it and star wars is kind of the same um there's there's nothing that i really hate in star wars and i'll watch every i'm actually working through charlie i i mentioned that weird uh watch order, the viewing order. Uh, right. so I'm still making my way through that. <laughs> I'm a, uh, i am I just yeah. finished episode one. Um, so I have episode two, episode three, and then I'm back to return of the Jedi. Uh, I think that was my order. I got to check, a, check that's
2: my notes. An that's an interesting order. Oh, I'll,
0: <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you about that one later. Um, so, but I mean, yeah, I think they did, they did get some things right. I, I wasn't a huge fan of how Luke ended up, but, you know kind of like mark hamill said like that wasn't my loop but uh i still liked how how his story kind of ended up uh you know where where he did make that big sacrifice play and he did come back as the hero and and kicked a whole bunch of ass um without actually kicking any ass I thought it was
2: really, I do, cool. I, <laughs> really cool. I do like I like him in the Rise of Skywalker. I I, I don't know something about him catching the lightsaber and the yes, like to I have a controversial opinion about Luke. I didn't like Luke in the Last Jedi, but not for the reasons a lot of people think. It's just I don't care if Luke has a lightsaber or not. I don't care if he's this badass character because I never saw Luke as a badass character. I saw him as this like kind-hearted person who would go out of his way to comfort mm. someone. So. When I see him in the rise of Skywalker trying to comfort Rey, even though like they didn't have a relationship at all, I'm like I I like that side of him. I prefer this side of him. I prefer the talking to anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not I'm not gonna lie, when I saw him in The Mandalorian though, destroying those droids. <sighs> yes. I wish, like, I, oh. I wish I could see that in IMAX. I I I, I, need, I need to change my underwear
0: after that just because it was
2: <laughs> it, it was cigarette smoking good, but like I wish I could see mm. that in IMAX. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Uh, And that was so. And and again, this is this is kind of one of those things where it's, you know, reading and reading things that are no longer canon and, and building up years of, oh, I wonder what Luke did after, you know, Return of the Jedi. I wonder how much of a badass he became. And did he become this big, you know, Jedi master training all these other Jedi and all this kind of stuff? I think I kind of built it up in my head. That that's kind of what I expected going into a sequel trilogy. I expected, you know, the this yeah, this this big kind of Luke Skywalker badass kind of moment. And and I think you're you nailed it, right? It's his character is more of, I'm going to help you. And he doesn't need to be this badass Jedi master. He kind of failed miserably at that, as we found out. So yeah. What is Luke's purpose? And and yeah, I think I mean, I think you nailed it as much as that's not what I wanted to see. But uh, what I want and what I get are not always the same thing. So on that <laughs> note, uh, what do you guys think they got wrong? And Okiro, maybe we'll start with you on this one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, 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 uh, r- like hear knuckles cracking, window shattering, uh, record, uh, record needle uh, scratch, car crash uh, outside. You know, OK, go ahead. OK,
2: I'll try not to I'll try not to ramble because I could talk about this for 20 years.
1: <laughs> I, I didn't know if you said ramble or Rambo, but either one. I, I, I can in.
0: see yeah, tightening the uh, the headband and just yeah. you're like, oh, right, we're going up the river uh, you guys aren't gonna like what you see you know, am, just that's yeah. kind of
2: weird because i am wearing a headband i wear one all the time <laughs> <That's awesome.
0: laughs> I always, i'm wearing bandanas. but uh, uh do you have a machete anywhere near you
2: actually i actually i do i have a machete okay. all right
0: cool my my room's
2: a mess i have a machete uh <laughs> fucking bow and arrow for some reason the, this is what my family gets me for birthday gifts they give me weapons like <laughs> <laughs> i
0: can't i have like a machete and a couple of knives outside my trunk and uh my bow and arrows upstairs in my son's closet. I should move that. Yeah, I should move that. Anyway, let's. Uh, yeah. I so it's sorry. Go. <laughs> it's, it's good. It's all uh, good. I'm not a bad parent. Uh, yeah. What did they get wrong? <laughs> uh, okay. I
2: mean, I guess I'll start off on the first thing. I think the first thing they got wrong is they they really needed to just stick to a plan. I mean, a lot of people say they didn't have a plan, and I that's actually untrue. They did have a plan. The only problem is they didn't stick to one hmm. because you got George Lucas. You you have him come in there. He has his drafts. And then you guys don't agree. So you guys go both. You guys go different ways. Then you get, then you guys bring in Michael Ardnott and nine months pass and you guys don't finish the script. So you guys hire JJ Abrams and Lawrence Kasdan. You got one movie. It's a smash hit and he leaves you two drafts. And the logical person says, well, let's just use these. I know we hired two different directors, but you know, we got his drafts, and people do like his film. So let's have Ryan Johnson and Colin Travero sit down with J.J. Abrams, put a gun to all their heads, and say, "Listen, you guys aren't leaving here until everyone's on the same page. You don't like it? Well, uh, uh, one bullet, three guys. Let's see who wins." <laughs> oh, jeez, ouch! But <laughs> so, but. But then they get rid of J.J. Abrams' drafts, and Brian Johnson comes in, and I'm, again, I don't personally agree with The Last Jedi. I like some things about it. I dislike a lot about it, but he comes in. He does what he wants to do, and okay, then Colin Javero, he, he does his script based off The Last Jedi, and then Colin Javero and Lucasfilm part ways, and then J.J. Mm. Abrams comes in, and I'm – you you guys gotta pick a plan here just because you're setting your directors up to be against each other in the public eye because no matter what that's going to happen when three different writers are coming in with three different ideas and it's messing things up jj had whatever he wanted ryan had what he wanted contro had what he wanted and it it created a mess and i and i guess the second thing i have to say that got wrong with finn like you wasted you wasted John Boyega there. Like, I, I think most people can agree with that. You wasted him. I, I like him in the trilogy. I think I'm not going to be one of those people who says all oh, Finn did was Scream Ray because I like to smack those people. He did do a lot in the trilogy. Yep. <laughs> he did do a lot in the trilogy. He did a lot in The Force Awakens, and even if I didn't like what he did in The Last Jedi, and I don't agree with what he did in The Last Jedi. Yeah, he still did things in that movie.
1: Exactly mm-hmm. my point, because if you really look at it, he wakes up and he's like, oh, I got to get the fuck out of here. And then that kind of gets that kinda gets swept under the rug like, okay. And then he goes off and he screws up and he screws up some more. And then he tries to commit suicide and Rose saves him and they have a a smooch. And it was like Dude. (laughs) What (laughs) does like I I was with him in the first place. Not really I was with him in the The Force Awakens, not so much with him in The Last Jedi. And then I feel like he came back around again in the end
2: but i actually i i came in the rise of skywalker i know we're on the negatives here but i actually think it's a weird opinion i think he had the best story in the force awakens but i Mm. think his portrayal in the rise of skywalker was the best because he's the most serious like a lot of the complaints about finn that people gave him in the trilogy aren't in the aren't in The Rise of Skywalker. No comic relief. He acts like he was a former soldier. He mm-hmm. developing him and his Force connection. We have a whole scene of him talking with Janna about the Force and his past as a stormtrooper. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I think The Force Awakens was his best movie, but I do think The Rise of Skywalker got his portrayal the best, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I I so. yeah,
1: I think so, too. I'm
0: down. I think, like, I understood kind of, you know, how he was kind of feeling in, in last Jedi where, I mean, you, you wake up, you, the last thing you remember is, you know, Ray's in trouble. You don't know what's going on. And I, as, as flawed as we know, as an audience that his, his logic was and, and, and everything that he did, um, you know, his, his main thought was making sure Ray's okay. And it, See, it, I agree with that though. I agree with his logic yeah. in The Last Jedi.
2: If I was him, and I'm just I'm this slave soldier who like did 20 years with General mm-hmm. Hugs and Darth EMO, I'm gonna be like, <laughs> <General> uh, <laughs> uh, hey, listen, guys, I helped you out with Starkiller Base. I just got my back fucked by the General's yeah. son. Uh, I'm gonna go get Rey. I don't know what's gonna happen there. We might bump uglies in the co- the Cape Closet or something. I'm not sure, but. <laughs> Uh, I don't know who this purple haired lady is. I'm just going to go. I'm a head out. Mm-hmm. I-, I get right? that. Cause who wants to go from one army where you're a cannon fodder to go to another army where you're a cannon fodder. Like my problem with that narrative is it just doesn't present the argument. If they had Finn like presenting his own argument saying, Hey, uh, mm-hmm. I didn't sign up for this. I don't want to do this. I shouldn't have to do this. I would be in agreement with that. I would say right. you know what I don't like this storyline but I, at least it's offering like two different perspectives of what's right and wrong. It's not telling me what's right or wrong. Right. Like, that's my big beef with the last Jedi. It just it tells me what's wrong for a lot of different subplots and it just I think the ambiguity if you're having a character offer a counter argument would be better. For mm-hmm. me, personally, at least. like, And that's a big thing with Poe and Finn in that film. There's like, there's no counter-arguments given by the characters of, listen, I did what I thought was right for the most part. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that's what makes their subplots more frustrating because you just see two characters like getting taken to town without saying anything to defend them.
0: Yeah, it's, it's left a, a lot up to your interpretation, which, I mean, I think a lot of Star Wars has been like that, but we kind of... I think, as fans expected a little bit more and we expected them to learn from the the prequel trilogy and and you know, kind of take things to that next step and be able to develop story a bit more and and I yeah, I definitely agree that a lot of it either felt disconnected or like, you know, like like you said, you you kind of explained it perfectly where it's like, You know, okay, we have this person that wants to tell this story and this person that wants to tell this story, and then another person that's trying to tell another story, but that gets wiped out. And this person comes in and tells what they thought should be the next story, but it's like at the same time, they kind of have to undo a few things that the guy before them told. And it's like, just sit down in a room and get your shit straight before you start putting things on film. Like, I don't know, like it just, that part of it definitely frustrated me. But overall, like I said, it was still, you know, there's still some good there for sure, but I, I understand some of the frustration. Charlie, what about you? What? Yeah, uh...
1: you, you know, I mean, I I hate to be a bandwagon jumper. I hate to be the broken record, but yeah, with me it was there was if there was a roadmap, uh, somebody. Decided to uh, set it on fire, piss on it, and then set it on fire again <laughs> because there was there was no there was no cons- there was absolutely no consistency with here's Ray, she's nobody, she's blah blah blah, or we don't know who she is, and now she's met Luke Skywalker, and the movie's over, oh my God, Luke Skywalker's going to be back, and then it turns out he's a grumpy old bastard, and he's and he's drinking he's drinking weird titty milk, and it's he's uh... there it's on a weird island. And there's just blue there's milk's a
0: actually of, delicious. I don't know what you guys are talking I, about.
1: I, well, that's I, green but, milk though. That's green. Yeah. Alien Wait, oh, no, sorry. Yeah, the green and
0: the but green. The green milk wasn't too bad. Uh, when, I, I when did you, prefer yeah. blue
1: when you're getting it right from the tap and just a very visceral kind of like. There was a lot of weird shit going on in this, certainly <laughs> the first half of that movie. Um, it, it just, you know, they, they didn't really have a plan. It felt like, you know, and again, they handed it from director A to director B. Everybody hated director B. So it goes back to director A. And then everyone who, hates like, director A. And everybody hates director A because, mm-hmm. again, you know, it was, uh, you know, anybody bringing back Star Wars is going to be a target. Nobody's going to like it. This is fresh off the heels of killing the extended universe, which, again, yeah. we've talked about the fact that 75% of the extended universe is total bullshit. It's terrible stories. But I mean, George, got- George Lucas
2: was going to kill himself when he talked about his plans for the sequel trilogy recently. It's like, he was going to kill the EU, too. It was going to the EU way. It was going to be
1: all midichlorians, wall-to-wall, for three movies. <laughs> it's going to be it, it's midichlorians for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh, um, that sounds good. Yeah, oh, mmm. But, you know, by the time... Part we of a well-balanced know, breakfast. <laughs> exactly. By the time we circle back to that third movie, you know, you got J.J. trying to right some wrongs and undo some stuff and maybe try to get back to the core of what he was trying to accomplish, um, which just uh, resulted in a lot of backpedaling and, and kind of treading water of what happened in uh, The Last Jedi. So, you know, if somebody could have sat down... And planned out the way that George essentially sat down and planned out the original trilogy. Like, you know what? I have this one big story, but it's so big that it's going to have to get broken down into three films. It's going to take, you know, six, six and a half, seven hours to tell this story. But he had a vision um, and even though even though there were other, you know, those films were all directed by three different people, George being the first, and then it was uh, Kirsch was the second one, and then the Welshman, Richard Marquand, uh, <laughs> d- directing the third film, um, even though obviously you had three different directors.
2: One vision. Not,
1: yeah, you had one vision. It didn't have the same impact of woo, we're doing this. And I've gone through this trap door and I come down. It wasn't like the hallway in Scooby Doo where they're running back <laughs> and forth through the doors. That's what the sequel trilogy writers room fe- felt like to me. You know, and then one, it was the ghost. The ghost is actually old man, old man Johnson who ran the amusement park. That's, I mean, in the end old of the old man day, scene. Old, yeah. Oh, man. I would have gotten away for it if it wasn't for that pesky rebellion. The
0: <laughs> The most frustrating thing there is this is technically from the same place that brought us the, the ridiculously cohesive Marvel movies, like the, the MCU, what what are we at 20 movies or something like that? that are 20, interconnected. 20, 23 that, now? Yeah, right. Like that, like I mean, leading up to Infinity War Endgame, like that level of cohesion and storytelling and interconnectivity, it's like can you get one of the people, like just just get someone that was in a room sweeping floors at Marvel, and get them to go and like watch over what's going on over in the Star Wars camp? Like someone has to be able to wrangle these angry mongooses that are like, "No, this is my story. No, this is my story." Like, I mean, like I, someone I, from Marvel go slap them. I, well, you we do have Kevin Feige hiding somewhere in Lucasfilm. <sighs> well, like that
2: was a, that was announced go. like last year. Right. We don't know what he's doing. He's just like hiding somewhere under i guess <laughs> i guess he's hiding under pablo's desk poking him with a stick or something like hey you still right. hey you still there please stop fighting people online
0: <laughs> and you know so and maybe that'll lead into so what do we hope for the future of the film franchise uh, you just mentioned we do have kevin feige we do have uh, maybe uh, teka watiti he's he's doing his film i can't wait for that i like teka watiti right. And and Ryan Johnson apparently is, is doing his trilogy as well. We just got that uh, uh,
2: that that one I'll believe it. That one I'll believe it when I see it. Right. So it he, that, was right. announced, that was announced in 2017. And right, right now he's behind Takawatiti, Patty Jenkins. Right. Mm-hmm. There, like, there, oh, there
1: there was enough of a stink on it of the bad vibe that uh, that you see that that Lucasfilm and Disney have moved on to these more Successful creators, you know, Patty Jenkins with Wonder Woman blew people away. Wonder Woman 84, maybe not so much. But Taiki Wat, t- you know, Taika Watiti, you can't stop that guy. He, you know, he, Oscar are, winner now. Oscar winner. Yeah, exactly. People are loving what he does. So, yeah, they're, they, you know, where again, you know, the sequel trilogy being a, a mixed bag in the eyes of so many of these neckbeards, you know what I mean? Uh, that you just, if, if they have a chance to tilt in a different direction, they have a chance to tilt in a different direction. I mean um, I, I agree with you just because um, my, my personal thoughts is like like
2: I'm not gonna put I don't I try not to put Ryan against JJ whenever I do YouTube videos, but like my personal opinion is that I don't think they're gonna give I think Ryan's trilogy is done. And I think the official word is going to be like Listen, he's busy. We're busy. We just went different ways because I think that's the best for the franchise. He's a controversial name, and whether or not you like what he did or you hate what he did, people are going to spend more time with the controversy. And I'll be honest, I think Ryan is better towards his own original stories than he is with Star Wars because he's a very niche director. And there are some directors where, like, even if you don't personally like them, they have a very strong niche fan base, and their fan base loves mm-hmm.
1: them. Right. That's-
2: that doesn't mean they're good for everyone. I mean, I don't think I'd want to see a David Finch Star Wars film.
1: Oh, God. Or the uh, <laughs> on the other side of the coin, the dreaded Quentin Tarantino Star Trek film they've been teasing us with. I, you know, I don't need to see exploding, you know, Klingon heads and blood flying everywhere. So, so sometimes, sometimes <laughs> everything, everything is not everything to everybody. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, no i don't i don't think or during i just know some people should just some people are good in their genres some people are good in other genres and i i think that's the biggest problem that star wars had when it be with the sequel trilogy they wanted to be something for everyone but when you try to appease everyone you end up pissing everyone off mm-hmm. sometimes sometimes it's good just to tell a story but you like Mark Hamill said, you have to remember the fans because Star Wars lived and died by the
1: fans. You had the movies, it was the fans keeping the franchise alive. Right. And you get right. To remember- Got to. So, I mean, you know, the good news is, is, outside of the films, obviously we can see that, you know, television uh, with the success of The Mandalorian does prove that Star Wars is not irredeemable, even no matter for, for those who you know decry the sequel trilogy and hate it so much and all this different stuff. Um, so, but again, it requires vision, it requires consistency, um, and that's what you know. As far as my hope for the future of the franchise, that's what I'm dreaming of. Is that you have to have a roadmap, you have to have a, you have to have a script, you have to have an umbrella of an idea of what three films or two films or one film is going to be like uh, and then stick to it and not just have a a couple of wild ass ideas and just jump in the car and tear this, you know, it's like in the Captain America, the Winter Soldier, when the Winter Soldier jumps on the car and tears the steering wheel off. That's kind of what the sequel trilogy felt like at one part. It was, you know, Sam Wilson trying to drive his car with no steering wheel. So let's not do that anymore.
2: Hey, real quick. While we're on the topic of the TV shows, which show are you guys looking forward to the most in the future? I'm curious. Like confirmed, and like, what would you one? What's the show you'd like most looking forward to that's confirmed, and what show would you like to see that like no one's talking about? Like, it hasn't been confirmed yet.
1: Oh, god, I mean, now now I'd have to pull the list back out. Um, (laughs) I mean, I I think, I think, Mark, we covered this a while back. I think, Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think. I'm pretty fired up about Ahsoka because I want to see that storyline move forward. I want to see, uh, you know, Thrawn in live action. I want to see Ezra Bridger mm-hmm. in live action, which is something uh, that we talked about uh, on Secret Friends, which will be out on Friday. Uh, that there was uh, there was uh, some casting buzz around the kid from Aladdin possibly being cast as Ezra Bridger. So I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, would yeah, I think sure. I think that's, that's true because those guys usually get it right when they uh,
2: when
0: they get their secret information from Pablo. So oh, I yes. think they're good. Gotcha. yeah I'm very excited for that uh, i I am very very curious to see what they do with the acolyte and what that's about it just it's such a badass kind of like looks you know the the teaser image we got from that was the uh, the all red letters with the slash the lightsaber slash uh, through mm-hmm. them so it looks kind of like a dark tail uh, a sith tail uh, but i'm I'm really... Really excited for the Obi Wan show. I mean that's uh Oh yeah. You know, that's that's gonna be great. I like um, Kathy Yen's doing that. She she was on the Mandalorian and I, I just
2: love her. She's a great director. Yeah, for sure. What about yourself? Uh I'm going to actually uh, agree with Charlie because I'm really excited for the Ahsoka show. Like I thought she stole the show when it came to the Mandalorian and like mm-hmm. I, I don't know who the showrunner is yet. I don't think it's been announced, but I like what Favreau is doing. I like this connected universe. He's building his own like MCU I think, personally.
0: Didn't they say that, that Favreau that. and Filoni are doing the entire run of Ahsoka? Uh they're from what I understand, I think they're executive
2: producer they're producing it and writing okay. it. I don't know like I because they have individual showrunners. I don't know who's gonna be doing that, but I'm excited for it. I think Ahsoka is like a nice little bridge between like the EU and the Skywalker saga, because you know her master was Youngling Slayer, three thousand Anakin Skywalker. So <laughs> I'm right. excited for her show the most. Right. And what kind of show do you hope they dive into, Akira? Uh, probably bias since like my two favorite sequel tri- my two favorite sequel trilogy characters are Ray and Finn. I would like to see a, I would like to see a spinoff with Finn. I think that's a good way to redeem the friend i think it's a good way to redeem the public opinion on how lucasfilm treated the actor and the character and i think that's a good way to explore a lot of the things like the films didn't his past his connection to the forest the stormtroopers if him and Ray are finally going to be a thing, I think mm. that's a good way to do it in explore and explore it in a spinoff because some stories are just better as a show. And I think Finn would actually serve better as a show because you can spend more time with it. And if right. WandaVision, if WandaVision has showed us anything, you can take care, you can take a toaster oven and like Mary Kate and Ashley's little sister and just make the show <laughs> the best thing Marvels <laughs> ever done. Like I love Absolutely.
1: WandaVision and, and I hated the
2: characters
1: and everybody is on the edge of their damn seat. And but, yeah, and but, yep. it'll, it'll be. We will have, a, by the way, on Secret Friends this week, total spoiler cast breakdown. So be sure to tune in for that because you will enjoy it. I say this week, but I mean next week. Next week you'll be hearing that. This week we'll be talking about some
0: other stuff. Um, Charlie, what about you? What are you thinking like for a show? What's, what's your dream, uh, dream show? You know, if I was to, to borrow a, a similar note, I mean, I
1: like – you know, my favorite portion of it is kind of the mechanics. Like, I'm excited. I, well, another thing that I'm excited for is the the Rangers of the New Republic now mm-hmm. not starring now not starring Cara Dune. Um, <laughs> but oh, I, you know, I like that. Be thing. careful! You just started a storm. Oh
0: man, not on this. No, we're not scared of that here. We yeah. we definitely we, we we stirred up all of the storm last yeah. week, so we we're stood, good.
1: We we stood up and took some swings over that one, but. Um, I would like to, and I know it seems like, you know, kind of going over tread and ground, but um I would like to see what the new, new, new republic looks like. Uh, new, in new, the new. Po- Yeah, new not, the, nanu nanu. It's gonna be the nanu nanu republic. You like that? <laughs> I do, I respect. do. Um but but yeah, I would like to see I would like to see, you know, Ray being the pivotal focus character of that sequel trilogy, where does her journey go next? Is she, you know, she is she being the last Jedi, does she begin? Some new variety of gray Jedi series. You know, what does that new government look like? I mean, basically, at the at the end of the day, you got Poe and Finn who are running things because there's no Leia uh, and there's no other government, and the First Order was wiped out. So, what the hell is next?
0: I'm I'm
2: I'm actually really interested about that because I had a one friend who did a video on that saying since. The First Order created a power vacuum, and I don't think anyone's going to listen to this random pilot, this, and these two (laughs) random force sensitive people like, you're an old scavenger, you're an old stormtrooper. I think there's going to be like this weird power vacuum Cold War thing going on. I mean, what's Mandalore doing? You know Mandalore, they love Mm -hmm. clapping the Jedi. They're like, oh, look at this. The new Republic and the Jedi are gone. Okay, boys, uh, let's go clap some cheeks and take over the Republic again. Make them claps, make them cheeks clap. Yeah. Oh. You might have Din Jaren in like his 60s saying,
1: Okay, Grogu, we're going to go take over the <laughs> now. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. And, and he'll be then be played by Jeff Bridges. Yes. <laughs> it comes full circle. Yeah, John, exactly. Favreau, John Favreau
2: directed Jeff Bridges in Iron Man, and now he does it in The, the Mandalorian. You Got it. An-
1: the, the, the old grump, the grump Alorian.
0: <laughs> Old Love man, Sharon <laughs> right. I'm uh, I'm going to go slightly different because honestly, Akira, you kind of stole mine. I I want to see, uh, and I think I said this on uh, in response to something on Twitter that you posted that the the Lego Star Wars Christmas special, the new one. Um, as far as I'm concerned, that's canon because it finally, finally shows Finn training to be a Jedi and starting to learn, and that's what I really want to see. I want to see it live action, whether it's a movie, show. Comic book, I don't care how they cover it, just give me Finn properly with a lightsaber, not one that he kind of borrowed from uh Ray, who borrowed it from Luke, who, who borrowed, borrowed it from Anakin, Anakin the you know, right. youngling killer 7000.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, the ultimate <laughs> hand me down, youngling, ki- yeah, youngling. you know, or as they say on the east coast, yinglings, yinglings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we so I want
0: yeah, I want to see, uh, I want to see him build his own lightsaber, I want to see him actually. Uh, you know, going full on into uh, learning the Force, and and whether you know coming, I, I think he he'd be such an interesting character to learn the Force because he's seen how dark the dark side can get. He's seen the First Order very very up close, and is he going to go full light side? Is he going to say, you know, you you need the dark to counter the light, or is he going to be more a little bit of that gray where? Maybe he doesn't want to go full in indoctrinated into anything because he knows how dangerous that can be, whether you're serving the light or the dark, just that full mindless indoctrination can be can be very dangerous. And and we saw that in the prequel trilogy. And I, I think Finn would be the character not to repeat those mistakes. So I think that's a really, really interesting story. Uh, but I'm gonna go A little bit opposite and say, because I'm reading the old Republic books, I want to see that in live action because we talked about it last time, Charlie. I make these little movies in my mind while I'm reading, (laughs) but like I just want to see that, like, (laughs) you know, let my imagination take a break for a second and just show me some like, you know, a thousand Jedi doing a thousand crazy things with lightsaber and force powers that we haven't seen and uh, just you know throw that on some kind of whether it's a show or a movie or whatever um that's that's kind of another thing that i want to see but uh, yeah you definitely stole that one from yokiro that uh, <laughs> I, I just want the finn series um you
2: know you actually brought up a good point though um with that thing with the finn series like your concept you were talking about um something about him going a different way i think another thing you can have with finn is okay let's say you're disappointed you didn't get ray nobody I think you can still get that with Finn and look, that motherfucker, that dude doesn't even have a last name. He's got Mm. no last name. He had a fucking serial number. Like the motherfucker, the motherfucker had a barcode. (laughs) Like you can do a lot with that. You can get basically everything you wanted about Rey nobody minus the kind of Skywalker teasing. Like, nope. No, not born and not raised in the desert not mysterious past his family's probably dead because he was stolen from, he was stolen by the first <laughs> order fuck that's depressing mm-hmm. but you can get a lot there and fuck maybe you can actually have him find kylo ren's lightsaber and pure purify that like ahsoka did to uh what's it called uh, Saj
0: ventress yeah
2: yeah Saj ventress and the inquisitors i think that'd be pretty cool to see like kylo ren's lightsaber but purified by finn Mm-hmm. That probably that probably pisses so many people off just <laughs> speaking of that concept.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that yeah, there's there, there yeah, there is so much, uh, and that's uh, so I, I think kind of the the final bit that I'd want to talk of. We 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 mentioned a little bit before, uh, you know, before we started really talking a little bit and what they got wrong. Uh, we've hinted at some things um, representation. In Star Wars this is a big topic for you Akira and I wanted to get you on for some of your thoughts on this uh it seemed like they started on a good note with a diverse cast in The Force Awakens um, pissed off some people online others were very excited about it how do you think by the end of things how everything was handled and and maybe what they can do to improve things going forward if I'm gonna be
2: honest, they they, they dropped the representation wise. They dropped the ball in 2017, and they just they tried to pick it back up, and for some reason they just spiked it across the the, the yard. Like, I I get it, I I do from a pra, from a pragmatic producer standpoint. You have a you have a black guy and a woman as your lead, and you see a boycott, you get scared, and you're like, okay, uh, let's let's shove one character to the side and, you know, let's bring this one white guy in there and make him the hero. I I get it. I, I get it. I don't think it's right. I think it's immoral as fuck, but I think they really dropped the ball representation wise. I don't know whether or not they were scared. I don't know whether or not they just didn't want to trust John, but they hurt a lot of people by doing that. And then they did it again when they sidelined Kelly. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to say this. It's a controversial opinion. While I do think Ryan Johnson wasted Finn completely if Lucasfilm didn't want Finn to be sidelined, they wouldn't have had him sidelined, and the problems going on with Finn was happening before Ryan, and it happened mm. after Ryan, so I'm not going to blame J.J. or Ryan, I'm going to blame Lucasfilm and their handling of the character, and um, they kind of have a representation problem. They don't protect their actors either, like, Kelly Marie Tran got bullied, John Boyega got bullied, Daisy Ridley got bullied, all their all their actors and women, they all got bullied, and they, they need to figure out what's going on there, and they need to f- like make things right and i think a big thing to a lot of people is just say you're sorry like Mm -hmm. you had john boyega go out in a gq interview and say my experience in star wars was based on my race Mm -hmm. and i was sidelined in the last jedi after reordered character hierarchy and yeah the rise of skywalker didn't didn't do me many favors either but jj didn't betray me he never would and he didn't have to come back to save your shit like And that's word for word. I'm not even paraphrasing. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, no, that's yeah. like, listen, you don't got to throw any of your directors under the bus, but just make a statement. Say, hey, listen, we're sorry, John Boyega. We tried and we failed, but we are apologizing to you and we're not going. We don't want to have a bad relationship because doing these virtue signaling things saying we've always stood with the black community when you have like John Boyega staring you right in the face like he's. I can't. I can't. I was gonna say mean, but I couldn't think of it. But you got John Boyega staring you right in the face, and you got all these black fans, white fans, Spanish fans—just anyone with two eyes looking at you—and they they don't believe you. So, issue an apology, and that's really mm-hmm. that's all you have to do. I know Disney doesn't admit fault, but you know, just have Lucasfilm do it. It's like, fuck, have Pablo do it. Just put him mm-hmm. on stage, and we'll throw tomatoes at him or something. But <laughs> I think until that's they, it. I think until they actually just like. Solve what they did with Finn because you 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 can't erase that from your record Every single time Martin Luther King day happens or black history month happens a whole truckload of people are gonna come back over and you just mm. You're never gonna talk about Finn again. You're never gonna talk about John Boyega. It, it's not gonna happen so mm. I think the only way they can sell it is just to apologize, issue an apology. Like it's not going to be pretty, and some people say it's too late, but it's better than just saying absolutely nothing and expecting people to forget because people aren't going to forget, especially yeah. with, especially with how the environment is these days. Like Star Wars fans don't forget; they're still they're still screaming about uh, Han Solo shot first, so they're not going to forget. <laughs> they're not going to forget about Finn if they're not going to forget about Han Solo shooting.
0: Absolutely, so, it's a long, long memory. <laughs> absolutely yeah i i i mean i yeah i don't really think i can really add to that you you said it so perfectly and you continue to say stuff like this and and break things down honestly outright and uh and and in very interesting ways whether it's across uh twitter youtube whatever you're you're an incredible person to follow uh so while we wrap up uh unless you guys have anything else to add on good, yeah yeah do you're
2: think. not gonna, you're not gonna gas me up and then lot not let me gas you guys up either. What the fuck? Like, <laughs> let's, you guys are, let's go, let's go. You, you guys are mad chill and fun to talk to. Like, um, this is probably the first interview I've done like this with Star Wars fans, and Ooh. from the interview, we like, I can see we all have different opinions on the sequel trilogy, but it's been a nice, fun, civil conversation. And I think <laughs> you guys are what Star Wars, you guys are what Star Wars fans should be like. Like, you guys oh, have man, your own opinions. You. You're welcome. You guys have your own opinions on what you like, what you dislike, but it never becomes a personal thing, and I think Mm. that's what more Star Wars fans need to, like, embrace. Like, they all have their opinions on what they like, and, of course, when it comes to, like, things like John Boyega's Sideline, you'll admit, yeah, that did happen. I still like this movie, but I admit X, Y, and Z happened, and I think you guys' mindset of being these, like, chill-as-fuck, down-to-earth dudes is, like, (laughs) what Star Wars fans need to be like. They need to stop taking things so personal like someone's trying to you know like tickle that bunghole with a lightsaber <laughs> and i think well, thanks, you, you guys are doing the right thing here you guys are creating a positive environment which but it still allows for to be critical i'm gonna i'm gonna simp for you guys hardcore on my,
1: my youtube <laughs> channel oh man that's awesome no I, you know uh, and, and it's largely the same thing uh with star trek fans too i mean new shows come out people bitch about things aren't the way they were. It's just, it's an analogy I never stop using across any of the podcasts I work on. If you have pizza for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you will come to hate pizza, even though everybody loves pizza, right? Um, If things don't evolve, if things don't move forward, if you don't tell different kinds of stories, uh, then you can just go back and watch what existed before that and stop bitching about what's new for the rest of us, you know what I mean? So Things can't always be the same. Life moves forward. Society moves forward. And entertainment has to has to mirror what's happening in real life in some way, shape, or form. So I will never step away from inclusion. I will never step away from diversity in their kind of entertainment because that is real life at a certain mm-hmm. level. So yes, that is that is what we talk about on all secret friend shows. And you guys and
2: you guys are pretty you guys are pretty motherfucking show dudes for doing that because <laughs> there are a lot there there are a lot of fans that view it as like, you know, uh, one or the other like, okay, I agree for inclusiveness and diversity, but uh, you know, I'm going to have my head stuck in my ways and just Think everything is good and everything is great. Then there's guys who are like, "Hey, listen, I love Star Wars, but you know, let's uh not have any of those colorful people there." And Ugh. it's you—you you guys are doing the right thing by having this mindset. And I don't know if, if it makes me feel fucking thankful that people like you guys <laughs> exist because we need more of the—we need more of you guys out there, more positive fans who are willing to be critical and talk about the things they love. That's fucking important.
0: Well, I. I th- the The first time I saw you on YouTube, Twitter, whatever, I got excited because I, I think as much as you're saying we need you need more people like us, I think we need more people like you. So thank you. those the, Those words mean a lot. Um, but yeah, I really want people to follow your stuff for sure because you know that's that's kind of how we we keep moving forward. Like Charlie said, and uh, I said it last week on on Co-op Mode, the video game podcast that I do too. Uh, that you know sometimes in video games i want to create a character that looks like me i want that to be my avatar i want to feel like i'm jumping into whatever world it is and and that's my experience but there's other times in video games that i want to play as a female i want to play as an alien i want to play as someone that looks nothing like me whatsoever and I want to experience the story through that person's eyes, through a very different perspective. And, you know, I think if every single story is about a white male that, you know, looks exactly the same, like action movies in the 80s, that's going to get pretty damn boring. So, um, you know, I I think the more diversity, the more voices we have, uh, the better, and I think uh, the future of Star Wars – hopefully, will be, uh, we'll be brighter because of it. So, um, yeah, so thank you.
1: Absolutely hey, correct, Amundo. Yeah, good stuff. Well, I guess then it circles back around to me doing my thing, and I'm going to take some <laughs> fun out of here. So, uh, finally, one last time, my friend, uh, another plug for the best way for people to find you out there.
2: Uh, you can look me up on YouTube you type up Akiro, I'll be the first one that pops up finally after like the random <laughs>
0: after,
1: awesome.
2: after, after the random four warlords in different countries that are there oh, God oh my <laughs> and uh, you can look me up on uh, Twitter the first Akiro. that's basically me on any social media you type in the first Akiro, my name will pop up
0: right I'll be linked Rocket. in the show notes as well
1: <laughs> Indeed we will do that So friends as always thank you for joining us uh, we ha- we are a part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Four great buddies with four great shows talking about all kinds of geek stuff. Secret Friends Unite uh, is your general ed of the Geek Life co-op mode. Uh, Covers video games. Code 47 uh, is all about Star Trek and then this wonderful program talking about Star Wars. Uh, You can find us over on uh, Facebook. We have a very vibrant community there, uh, Secret Friends Unite. We're over on Twitter, of course, at Secret Friends U. Find us there. Shoot us a, a Twitter. Tell us something that you're enjoying, a topic for any one of our shows, and we will make mention of it. Uh, we do have uh, fabulous giveaways, digital Prize Closet for reviews, uh, five-star reviews on the podcast service of your choice. Apple, iTunes, Google Play, uh, Amazon Prime, recently found, also has us there as well. We also got a great store over on TeePublic, support uh, a local charity here in Michigan called uh, the League of Enchantment, which does Outwork, uh, or excuse me, Outreach for Kids, uh, Hospital Visits, Care Packages, things like that, with your favorite Secret Friends Unite uh, program swag hoodies, T-shirts, notebooks, wall art, pillows, all kinds of crazy stuff. All there, to be, all there to be found. So again, one last time, thank you for joining us. I'm going to tell you, as always, that sharing is caring, and to keep on trucking.
0: <laughs> and I usually say, may the force be with you, and I'll say that again tonight, but I usually also uh, end things with Rex play us out, but tonight, before we go, I do want to give uh, a little shout out to a secret friend He's been on the Seeker Friends Unite many times. Uh I've I've podcasted with this guy for years. Uh many people know the Nintendo guru, Bobby Pauls, um has been battling COVID since oh wow late October. <laughs> and uh we got the news this weekend that he had passed away.
2: Oh damn.
0: Okay. Um so that one's been hitting me pretty hard and uh yeah, this one's going out to Bobby. Uh,
1: we lo- we love you, Bobby. You did great stuff, and you're making them chuckle up there in the Big Easy for sure.
0: <laughs> for sure. Uh, may the force be with you guys. Take care. The force be with you.